Welcome to Talos Takes, the security podcast for everyone from the C-suite to the front lines. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talos Takes. I am joined again by Dave Lewis, one of our advisory CISOs. Thanks for coming on, Dave. Thanks for having me. So today I want to talk about one of the most in-depth, nerdiest topics we've ever talked about. We're going to be talking about kind of the psychology behind MFA today. And I use the term psychology loosely because I'm not an expert on this, and that's why I have you on. And there's no, you know, I'm not saying we're going to be conducting any scientific studies here, but I do (laughs) want to talk about what people think of when they use MFA and like physically interact with these applications and specifically Duo. So the first thing I want to ask you about is brute force attacks, because that's kind of the whole reason why I got thinking about this topic is I've been reading in the Talos blog and other folks research about how this type of attack is on the rise across MFA applications. So can you kind of start out, just give me an overview on what these types of brute force attacks are and what someone should do if they think that they might be a target of them? So these are the kind of things that the the attacker will try to get you to basically click the button to accept, uh, but they will do it over and over and over again to the point where you're just like enough already and you just click it. And that's what they're hoping for. The psychology here is that we want people to understand that when this does happen, rather than just clicking yes to make it all go away or rather okay to make it all go away, um, you want to make sure that you reach out to your administrator or your security team at your place of business so that they can address this. Because yes, it is on the rise, but as long as we are taking the time to better educate the end user so that they understand this and they will have you know methods to be able to deal with this once they reach out to their administrators. And something I've noticed in in Duo specifically is that the accept and reject buttons actually got flip-flopped in the app, I noticed. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if there's any, what kind of thought process goes into deciding what this looks like in an MFA app. We can obviously speak specifically about Duo, but like in general, should developers be thinking about swishing up this UI every once in a while just to kind of keep people on their toes and prevent them from going on like autopilot when they're interacting with these apps? Well, the really interesting thing here is this was actually the product of a great deal of research by the product team to look into what made the most sense for the placement of the buttons Uh, as well. They had a six month long campaign of trying to get the message out. Obviously, there are going to be outliers and people are not going to quite get it. And then you're going to have the muscle memory issues. Now, and I perfectly, I'm perfectly an example of this where I had a muscle memory issue and I ended up locking myself out of an account. And I was like, wait, what did I just do? And it was just because I wasn't taking the time to pay attention. Now, this wasn't an exercise to try and, you know, flip up, flip the script and get people to, you know, try and do things differently. Um, it was really based on a great deal of research and the team had put a lot of work into this. And they found within a space of, a, so that happened in October of uh, 2021 is when the push w- went out for the changes. And within a week, they saw a normalization back to pre-push levels of that change. So it wasn't very long. Um, and it, there were a couple of people that were disgruntled, but when I had conversations with those folks that had their nose out of joint, they went, oh, wait, I did have an email about that. I mean, I was the same way. I remember like when I first, and this was a good lesson for me because 
I wasn't paying super close attention to like what I was doing in the app. And then I was just like, oh, I'll just click here so that I can make sure I log into my email. And then instead I accidentally hit the reject button. And then I was like locked out for a little bit and had to contact support to get all that stuff fixed. So it is just a good lesson anyways, to really be mindful about the way that you're interacting with these apps and to not just go on autopilot and really look at, okay, this is what I'm trying to authenticate into. This is where the push is coming from location-wise and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we have to make sure that we're democratizing security, in, by which I mean making it easier for the end users, but we also have to continually train the users to make sure that they are not just blindly clicking buttons and hoping for the best. Democratization of security is fantastic, but we have to be very cognizant of the fact that you still have folks you know, punching keyboards, and we want to make sure that they understand what the ramifications are if they don't pay attention to that, you know, that small window of opportunity where an attacker could potentially cause trouble. And then kind of on that same topic, I wanted to ask you about, you know, like the third, the second and third prompts that sometimes will come up too, about like, are you sure you want to trust this website or are you sure you want to trust this device? But is that kind of the same thinking that you just really want to try to get somebody off autopilot and get them to think about what it is that they're doing? Or, you know, what other kind of psychology plays into that when you're asking somebody like two or three times about the same login push? Uh, yeah, it's a very nice way of saying, you know, hold on a second, this may not be what you think <laughs> it is. I mean, we have great amounts of intel that comes in through Talos that helps feed into these decision-making processes where somebody goes to click on a site thinking that they're authenticating to, you know, whatever.com, and it turns out to be whatever with a two, an extra R on it.com, for example. Mm -hmm. and I, and just using that for... Yeah. It. But the idea here is to make sure that people are taking that second to pause and understand what they are actually doing. And I, 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 I'm a perfect example of this. I tried to authenticate to a site and it said, are you sure? Really? Are you sure? And I paused when it did that and I looked at it and go figure it was a typo. And I had gone to something that was not where I was supposed to be going. And it mm -hmm. was luckily it was able to intercept and save me from myself. And then lastly, I want to ask you about the adoption of MFA and zero trust, because we know that MFA can prevent a huge swath of, of cyber attacks and threats that we see and write about. Historically, though, at least over the past, say, you know, four years or so, adoption of MFA is still pretty low. I actually talked about this with Wendy Nather too, a few dozen episodes ago, though, about how like SMS authentication needs to go away and replace it with like the actual push notifications. So adoption is kind of up and down across the board. What kind of trends are you seeing in that space? And do you think anything needs to change to increase adoption? The thing that I'm seeing that's changing is like, uh, uh, I'm the author of the Trusted Access Report. So as we're going through that last year, we saw the data, we did see trending across the board going up and thankfully SMS is starting to trickle down. Uh, the thing people have to understand is there really have been no fundamental changes to SMS in what, 30 years right. uh, since it's been around. And so any security issues that are inherent with it are not gone away, they're still there. We're not saying throw the baby out with the bathwater, but understand that, you know, there are better ways to do things and SMS has limited utility. So if you're using that to protect a, you know, financial institution account that you have, you really are hanging yourself out to be, you know, potentially compromised. So you want to make sure it's like, what is that risk discussion you have to have with yourself or as an organization, you know, what's that risk discussion you have to have internally to make sure that you are executing on your fiduciary responsibilities to protect your organization. The trend we have definitely been seeing uh, on the, on the rise to the positive. Uh, as well, a great bit, bit of traction with uh, passwordless authentication as well. So there are better ways to do things like passwords. 
really has been a deprecated notion for a very long time. We just, we've gotten into that repetition. We've gotten into that comfort zone of saying, you know, this is what we are used to. This is what we know, quote unquote, works for us. So we have to make sure that we're looking at it as a security culture shift to better protect organizations so that we can take organizations that may be below the security poverty line and raise them up so that they, you know, we want to make sure that we lift all boats at the same time. And if we're able to provide better security for an organization through multi-factor authentication, you know, we're reducing that risk. It's obviating the ability for a, a, quite a few attackers to be able to do things or attack vectors to be able to execute. So if we can you know, make things better in that regard, it's a bit of a no-brainer. Now, historically, organizations have used MFA to protect certain applications within the organization, you know, the Ron Popiel method of set it and forget it. And now the really amazing thing is as an output of the pandemic, they've realized that, wait, we can protect everything with MFA and reduce the risk for our remote workforce. So it is actually been a really positive mm -hmm. in that regard that you know enterprises are waking up to the fact that yes this is something that is going to improve our lives significantly awesome well that was all really great information and i greatly appreciate you taking some time to out of your busy schedule to chat with me about this dave anytime glad to be here <laughs>